<clears throat> what's up everyone what's up what's up let's wait for some people to join the chat the live chat is episode four hello gata hey shadira how are you mordida is there hello rose is there so I'm just waiting for some people to join and then I will uh, invite Mastery, Lova Dales in the house, Mastery Cravetu. So yeah, this is the fourth episode of Capoeira Talk. Um, I started to be feel more comfortable with it. Um, there's a, I, have a, I have a big list actually for Capoeiras to join. Uh, in later episodes, so to speak. Uh, big names, uh, little less known names in Capoeira, but it doesn't matter. It's all about um, learning from each other and learning from uh, different perspectives. So um, I'm really happy that people want to uh, join me with my projects, with my learning projects. I have a cup of tea, always my cup of tea. And am I all good? All right. All right. Master is in the house. I'm going to invite you, man. Uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, here. Okay. I sent you a request. <clears throat> let me check if it's uh, available. Hey. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How are you? Covering uh, our event this past weekend, but other than that, we're doing well. Nice. <laughs> hey, thank you for doing this, man. Your audios, uh, I don't hear you. How about yeah. If not, let me see if I can change it. Uh, let's see. I can fix it now. Yeah, hopefully your connection is good. <laughs> yes? Yes. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, man, how are you? Doing well. Doing well, like I said, we just had a... Uh, yeah <laughs> again the audio is a little bit off man i can hear you really far let's see is it better now yeah now it's better okay i think my stand um was uh, blocking the microphone port ah okay there we go now it's in here clear crystal clear man crystal clear so again what what did, what did you say before no i was just saying that um you know with every event that we organize uh there's a time of anxiety leading up to it yeah and then it's over we're we're glad it's done i, I miss all that energy but i'm thankful for some rest right now. yeah <laughs> yes relatable relatable because you know you have the 
the the the roads I get towards the event, you know, and you're all hyped and so many things you have to, you know, to arrange, you know. But yeah. and then the events starting to happen, it's just okay, just we just go. And in the end it's like, all right, I'm kinda glad it's over because now you're like you said, I can rest. <laughs> I can rest. And it's um and it's dual feelings, right? Because from the student's perspective, they miss what they experienced mm -hmm. um, because they weren't a hundred percent involved in the all the behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, thing, exactly. You know, exactly. Um, so it's different from the perspective of the of the one who's organizing it. So I know you can uh, attest to that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have upcoming event that, that uh, June third. Um, I was celebrating my tenth year of my group. Really? So, How fast. Congratulations! Yeah. Time flies. I remember when Time's you started. Jumping, man. <laughs> so a lot of things uh, have to arrange, but uh, we're gonna have a big party and batizado, uh, chicadas, and uh, just having having a ball, man. Just having a party. Capoeira, you know, batizados and and trocas, it's just a party with some capoeira in it. You know, I see it as a celebration every year. You know, I had that same conversation with uh, my students recently because I have some students that joined from other martial arts. And their only uh, frame of reference when it comes to ranking and stuff is like a test, a big yes. test, very stressful. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, man, to be honest with you, the test is the whole year. Whole year. It's more of a celebration exactly. yeah. of what you already accomplished and who you already are. Now we're just getting to show it off to the greater Capoeira community. And, you know, until you go through that first one, you can't understand it, you know? So I think bachizados are like an amazing time for yeah. every Capoeira community, but obviously specifically for the one that you're in, you know? Yes, exactly. This is the same same thing that I always explain to newcomers. It's not like a test. It's not like an exam because it's, it's through the whole year, you know? Through the whole year. And then we celebrate it, that you kind of made it and celebrate that you become a Capoeirista. Right. Whether it is first first time or your troca we're still celebrating the fact that you you are still a caprista even though it's troca you're still a caprista you still made another year you know so it's it's your birthday so you have to sometimes i think like that yeah. you know it's not like it's not all about the, the the corda itself it's about the celebration that you're still in capoeira you know and even for those that don't uh, rank up or haven't reached the point where they're about to rank up yet it serves as a way to the, to reignite that fire, right? Yes. To, to yeah, kind of re-motivate them. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why um, uh, this year we started uh, a tradition now where be besides the actual bachizado, we want to have more events where you invite guests to come just for a workshop, or just a hada, encontros, because there is something to be said. We all feel that kind of like, um, what's the lack of, lack of motivation and kind of the, the, the hit that wall. And mm -hmm. sometimes just having somebody else or a different person join the class makes a huge difference, you know? So it's a great motivational tool to, to test your skills with other people that you're not used to playing with, yeah. seeing us. And you know what? It's funny. I know you're going to say yes to this too. You can teach the exact same thing that the other master is teaching in the workshop, but because they're teaching it now, <laughs> and they say one thing different. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, I, man, I tried like, to say that the whole time. You guys no, never listened. This is the greatest stuff ever, man. I was like, we had this like last week, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but this, it's, it's uh, the new energy Absolutely. coming in, you know. But to be honest, we need this too, you know, to elevate our spirit, our fire. We, we awaken our fire again, you know, because sometimes if you, when you're teaching all the time, it sometimes becomes a little bit stale and you, you 
also need the, the new energy, the new fire yeah. to reawaken, you know? So, so that's, some, that's why one of the reasons is why I'm doing this, this is my little project, you know, to talk about capoeira, to share our experience, to share our uh, uh, upbringing in capoeira and to learn from each other. Uh, yeah. For me, it's more like to learn from you, from your stories. And this is kind of a little project that I've been doing now, right now and to ask many capoeiras all over the world, what is capoeira for you? How was your upbringing? And how do you, you know, look towards uh, in, uh, capoeira, you know? So yeah. uh, for me, it's a kind of person because I need this kind of uh, reawakened fire to have more, you know, um, how you call it? Uh, I want to do more for the capoeira community, you know, not only for yeah. me, but for the community, what it means to be a capoeirista, you know? So uh, I, yeah, that's the thing, because for a teacher, it's also really a good moment to have those kind of things, you know, bring new people to towards the class for workshops, you know, uh, masses, contramas, whatever, and to train or to see what they are doing, you know? It, and like, it's oh, funny. Yeah. Because, um, you know, <clears throat> this was our 14th event here in Texas. And prior to that, you know, I lived in St. Martin where we started the group there. And my mastery has been with me for every single event. So like 30-something events that we've wow. put together. You know? yeah. And I told him, you know, sometimes it's not even the fact that he's here to teach a workshop. It's just the fact that he's here yeah. to have those conversations to yeah. the stuff that happens outside of Capoeira as well. <laughs> that, like you said, I can reignite that fire. Yeah. And you know, as when you develop a relationship with someone for such a long time, they're able to see the things outside of Capoeira that are also need a little bit of massaging in the right way or just some friendly words of advice, you know, or just a shoulder to, to lean on or to a person to listen to. And I think a lot of that, um, like what you're doing right now, sometimes we get lost in a space where we think that, oh, you know, my experience is very unique. It's only happening to me, you know, but having conversations like this, even though we have very different backgrounds, very different, uh, in our case, very similar actually, but yeah. uh, very different backgrounds and, and paths in Capoeira, yeah. there's far more that we have in common. And it's always nice to hear that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, going uh, back to having a mastery, just be there and just support you, you know? And I have that too, you know, I have a mastery. Uh, and he always said, I'm not standing above you. I'm standing next to you, man. I'm just helping you. If you need my advice, if you need my help, Great. just call me um, and I, I will come or I'll give you some advice, you know, and sometimes I call him for advice or, you know, um, sometimes I fed up with, with stuff and yeah. I just said to me to vent. Yeah. I will call him, text him. I was like, and he's been really cool about it. And when it's coming to, uh, to my town, we, we have long conversations, you know, like two, three hours conversations, just about Capoeira, also about things outside of Capoeira, what makes you 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 know and it helps a lot you know it helps cool. a lot to have a, a a person that understands you in in this uh area that can you know relate relate to you know and i'm really you know blessed that i have a massively like that That's you awesome. know yeah so um yeah but graveto really cool that you want to do this man really nice no man i i from your very first guest, who was a very dear friend of mine, Mutu Temple. Yeah. Uh, when I saw you doing this, I was like, man, that's really cool. And then so when you extended the invitation, I it was a no-brainer. I was like 100%. You 
you know, like, so again, thank you for the platform and for doing this. And I wish you much, much success. I can't wait for this to blow up and become <laughs> something big you ever imagined. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, because I, I had this, I, I said it before, I had this idea a long time in my head, but and it, it never came to fruition. It, it was even back in the pandemic, the pandemic area, you know, so time. And, but I was like, uh, whatever, you know, who, who want to want to talk to me about Capoeira, you know? But I still had to figure things out, okay, how I want to, how I'm going to approach this? What platform, you know, Facebook, YouTube, or, uh, you know, Instagram. But, you know, I started to feel more comfortable doing this on Instagram, and I didn't have any plans. So, and I started to follow uh, Muta Tempo. I like this, this style of, you know, communicating towards Capoeira community with this comedic chops you know yeah. I was like i think he's a really nice guy let's let's have a chat you know so i just reached out to him just hope for the best and uh, he was he was down you know and was like okay just do it just do well, it i don't think you could have picked a better person because that's the kind of person he is man you know he's always willing to help yeah. you know he's got a great name in capoeira in in and out of the capoeira yeah. world but always cool. trying to 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 further like you said further enhance the conversation yeah. about capoeira yeah. Yeah. the spot yeah. and that's what I that's yeah. what I'm uh, looking for, also personal, because as a teacher and you're so long in the business, sometimes it's good for a teacher or for anyone to learn from different side of views, you know, uh, perspectives. And because you have a little bit of different background than I, I have, but we're still from the island, from, from the island, we're island boys, you know. And, so the day we die, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask questions about that later, but um it's it's i want to learn so much and not only physical stuff because there's a certain plateau that you're hitting okay and i was like okay i did all my stuff physically let's get more knowledge let's train here you know yeah. reading more uh listen to podcasts um doing this you know i can you know i can ask people you oh, what do you think about this but let me be the one that's actually, you know, create something, you know. I'm always being, I, I, I've always been a creative person, but sometimes I don't know how to manifest it, you know. Yeah. And then it was like one day, I was like, like I said, I have no plan. I was like, you know what, F it, let's do it now, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of people uh, that I've learned from already from their conversations. And uh, I had one with Ponchonim as well, beautiful uh stories and that's like man that's so well so i think you know? i think what you said is super interesting because like you said now your priority has changed right to mm -hmm. condense down from movements to more knowledge but i think that's really important because oftentimes you know we find people that fall into one camp where like i've, I've attained everything i want to get and there's no more yeah and so they either stop with their quest for more knowledge or quest for any kind of furtherment yeah. Uh, but I think it's really awesome that you started to see the, 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 the various ways in which you can contribute because it also reflects a lot of our students' journey. Some people who have, for example, some physical disabilities or limited capacity for acrobatics or music, yeah. they might hit that point earlier where it's yeah. like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And if you don't have ways to identify with them and relate to them, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I get it, man, you know, because I got to a certain point where this is no longer my my focus 
if you're able to then have other ways that you can express your capoeira, express your interest for capoeira, yeah. you can better say to your students who might hit that that wall or that or that uh, divergence in their path. Exactly. You know, your own experience. Exactly. Yeah, that's really true. It's really true. So I have some. Uh, I have a question. About sure. Time. Uh, about a little bit of the origin story about my guests. Uh, why Capoeira? How did you come in contact with Capoeira? And what is in the name Gravieto? <laughs> Go. <laughs> so, I think like, you know, like most people, my our age group, um, our first contact with Capoeira was the movie Only the Strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so, and in, back in St. Martin, it was such a hit, man, that um, during the carnival period, they even took one of the songs, the Paranawe, yeah. and they converted it into a, a, a soca, Bananawe. And that oh. was the tune that year, you know? <laughs> and so, like, every one of my friends, we went outside and started trying doing stuff on the beach. Yeah. And then that disappeared because there was no capoeira. No. Um, I was always a big um, into martial arts. And so <laughs> I, I was also into music. So I was like, man, this is such a cool combination of everything that I like, you know? Yeah. But anyhow, couldn't find it. And then, you know, we experienced it again in video games with Tekken and Eddie Gordo and all this yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, fast forward, I, I moved to the United States for college. And the, the college that I went to, it was divided into, for lack of a better word, dorms. But there were more like independent little colleges with their own uh, dean and their own master. Mm -hmm. The dean was in charge of like academic affairs. Yeah. The master was in charge of like the the social events happening on on our in our dorm, mm -hmm. and it just so happened that the guy who was the master of our college was a very prominent professor of African American studies, African studies, oh, cool. and art history. Yeah, and he spoke a ton of languages and was also obsessed with capoeira. capoeira. And no. so he would often have these little parties in in the courtyard, and he would bring. I didn't know who they mm -hmm. were. Now I found out later that yeah. they were from Abada with Bom Jesus uh, oh, in New York, and they would come and give demonstrations. It's like, oh my God, this is the stuff I saw on the on the on the movie, and it's right here. But they were in New York, so I was like, that's too far. I was living in yeah. Connecticut. Finally, after I graduated in my last year, I was working for a, a one year on my extension of my student visa. Mm -hmm. There was a flyer at our gym that said Capoeira classes. Yeah. I was like, awesome, I'm gonna go. And I get there, there's a sign-up sheet with 20 spots and I'm person number 21. What? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I go inside and I see my, the, the guy who would become my master and he was like, hey man, you know, um, we didn't think that the organizers didn't think that Capoeira would work, that it'd mm. be any interest. So they limited my space to only 20 people. Um, so unfortunately, I can't let you join. But since you're here, yeah. you can join. Nice. So I, I trained, I trained, I trained. I came back the following week. He's like, man, you don't listen very well. You don't have any space. You know? um, but since you're here, you can train. Man, exactly. I stayed until I one person dropped out and I became student 20. Awesome. And my, my master always says out of those 20 or so people that were there, none of them continued. And the guy who he tried to get rid of yeah. is the one who became his, his student for a long time, you know, wow. going on 20-something years now with Mr. Efraim. And so, yeah, so, and again, when I moved, again, this is a continuation, I guess, of the story, but um, like I said, I had one year experience to work on my, uh, after my student uh, visa expired. Yeah. So I wasn't actually training Capoeira for very long before I returned to St. Martin. Mm -hmm. And, but I was hooked, man, 100% hooked and decided to look for a Capoeira teacher there. Yeah. And there was none. 
Um, there actually was a guy um, later that I found out was starting to teach on the French side. We became good friends, a guy named Guarana, mm-hmm. and, um, but his school fizzled out as he, you know, his job led to other things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anywho, we didn't have capoeira, and so I would still train. I would talk to my master, I would go to the beach and train capoeira. And these kids, literally high school kids, came up to me and was like, hey, man, what is that that you're doing? Yeah. There is this thing called capoeira. I'm not, I'm not a teacher, you know, but this is what I do. They're like, well, you have to show us at least one move. So I did. <laughs> Backflip. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I think it was yeah. Escobrado or a headstand. And then uh, they kept coming back whenever they saw me in the beach. And so I called my master. I was like, master, I don't know what to do, man. He's like, well, be honest with them. You're not a teacher, but, you know, there's no other capoeira there. Make yeah. like a, a capoeira awareness group that you guys can get together and talk about oh, capoeira. Yeah. And so we did. And oh, cool. let me tell you, man, it went from two kids on the beach to hundreds of kids that oh, just joined. Nice. And so at one point I called my master. I was like, master, we have a problem. We have a problem, <laughs> you know? And I said, do you mind coming here and seeing the work that yeah. we did? And so we organized a fundraiser. We did a theatrical show to raise money to bring these masters from mm-hmm. United States, as well as um, some of your friends. Uh, uh, Morao was there. Gotera oh. came down as well. Nice. Mester Efraim, Mester Ciganu, and at that time, Contra Mester Glaber. Cool. And the idea was just to come down and, and do some workshops and see the yeah. work that we did. And I remember them coming off the airport and all these kids had heard about Capoeira Masters and they read yeah. the signs and they picked them up and we go to the ch- to check in at the, at the hotel. And while Mr. Efraim and them are checking in the hotel, uh, Mr. Sigali goes like this, their shirt, and he says, look outside. And they turn and the kids are ready because they've been waiting for too long. They have yeah. to play Capoeira. So they, yeah. have, they got an impromptu hoda and they're playing very well and they couldn't believe it. And by the end of the weekend, they did samba, they did makule, they did everything, man. Wow. And my master turned to me and he said, Graveto, you don't have to, to take my name. You don't have to join my group. You don't have to do anything. I'm not going to force anything. But if you need my support, it's there. And I said, Mess, of course, I'm not going to go anywhere else. And I would love that. And yeah. that started, you know, my path in teaching, you know, because I had no alternative. There was no, no. other option. And That's cool. It was awesome, man. And, you know, fast forward, I taught in St. Martin for 10 years. Yeah. I moved here to Texas. And now this year is, I've been teaching here. To show you how time flies, one year longer than I was in St. Martin. Really? For me, that's mind-blowing because I was only going to be here for like, you know, maybe a year or two. Yeah, because it, in my head, you were still in St. I, Martin, man. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm still in contact there. And would you believe it? One of those kids, one of those same kids that came to me on the day on the beach to ask to learn, that kid took over my, my group really? in St. Martin. And it's still teaching to this day. How cool is that? Man? Nice. That's really nice. The, the circus complete, man. The circus complete. complete. That's complete. what it's about. You know, you, you spread it, you plant a seed, you know, and it has to grow yeah. and spread all, of, spread all of it. Nice story, man. Yeah, man. So very proud of the work that we did. Yeah, um, should be. Thank you. I appreciate it. And as for Graveto, now as I'm getting older, I'm 45 now, I'm starting to pack on some weights. <laughs> I, I like watching your posts and I hate them at the same time because you are like the perfect specimen condition. I'm like, man, I can't look at this. I don't feel like, like less of a man. <laughs> But no, I used to be always in very good shape, but I was always very skinny. So Mr. Lobão gave me my nickname. He was like, oh, Graveto. 
And Master Ephraim tried to make it seem like, oh, it's like, it means like twig, like the kindling that you use to light a fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Laval was like, no, no, it's risky. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no sugar coating. No, no, like... risky, man. That's it. <laughs> oh, nice, man. Nice. I, re I remember uh, because we only met each other once. Yes. Uh, I don't know which year it was. I think 2006, seven. It might have been that. And I remember distinctly because um, another friend that we share in common is Congo. Congo. So Congo. And here's yeah. another. This, this is this is the. Uh, that's why I'm so happy you're doing this, man. Because communication and connection is 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 far greater than anything else that that Caputo has given me. You know, Caputo has given me so much. But the love for our art form that unites us yeah. is so powerful, man. And yeah. Congo's an example of that. Congo saw me going back to St. Martin, had never met me. But I was so excited that another Antillian yeah. was doing Capoeira yeah. and in St. Martin. He made a website for us before I even thought about doing it. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. He was putting all kinds of pictures up and everything. Yeah. Cool. And I told him, I was like, man, we've never met, but if I ever go to the Netherlands, we'll hook up. Yeah. And then I did. I got there and I said, hey, man, I'm in so-and-so. You want to meet up? He's like, hey, I do. But you know, Capoeira's always got a little butt. And he's like, you know, there's a there's a, a Cap Coragioro event, yeah. and uh, one yeah. Goal, right? Yeah. And with Tinica. Yes, with Tinica. Yeah, yes. And, and I was like, he's like, I have a car, but I have no money. Congo, <laughs> <laughs> I have some extra cash. I'll pay for you at the event. Yeah. And and then we'll go together. So I met at the train station, and in that car ride. Yeah, we we finalized that friendship that we had wow. online for years, and yeah. then we went there. And I remember him getting very mad at me and you because after the workshops, we were sharing movements together. Yes, you know, I remember that. And you would show me something, and I would pick it up. Yeah, and then I do something in two seconds, and Congo was like, "Man, you guys, what, what's wrong with you? You're supposed <laughs> to at least pretend to struggle with the movements." <laughs> You know, I but it was great that. meeting you then, you know, and, you know, sometimes you can meet a person, you know, like my master always says, in a former life, we were friends. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and again, having the conversations with you now, like I said, I haven't seen you in years, but it exactly. feels just the time yeah. we were talking. It feels so natural. The gym. It's yeah. Natural. It's likewise. Because I was thinking about uh, our, uh, when we, when we uh, met each other for the first time, I started, oh, it was Kodaji Oro. Yeah. I think we were, Exchange movements, Congo were there. It was it was during the uh, break intermission? You know, yes. it was like it was really fun. I'm gonna was... try and find. I have the game of us somewhere on my hard drive. So really, I'll, I'll get it. Yes, man, I'll get it and send it to you. Oh, I have it somewhere. That will be dope, man. <laughs> because I lost so many footage back in the days from, you know, those kind of events. You know, because uh, my hard drives crashed or yeah. you know, there was no social media back then, so it was hard no. to track. You know, yeah. so. No cloud storage now. I've, exactly, I've you know, eight, man. I've lost so yeah. many files over the years. I would love, I would love to see that, man. If you have the, if you can. Yes. No, I'll look for it today, and, and this weekend I'll get it. To cool. You sure. Nice, man. Nice, nice. So, uh, um, yeah. So you've been in Texas for like eleven years. Eleven years. I moved here in two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been here for eleven years now, and. Uh, we had some biannual events, so we've had 14 events here now. Yeah, our group is the only one um, within a, Texas is huge, you know, and the bigger cities have lots of capoeira. Yeah, but where I'm located is Brownsville, Texas. It's basically at the at the border with Mexico. You cannot go further south 
Oh, really? In Texas, yes. So yeah. We're by the ocean, which is nice. It reminds me of home. Um, and we're at the border of Texas, so the majority of people here have a Mexican origin. Ah. And um, that also leads to some, some interesting um, connections with my country because a lot of our interests are the same. We love music, we like to yeah. eat, to party. Yeah. Yes. That tends to be, it was a good mix. And the community is very small here. And so I was always like, man, if I'm going to move somewhere, I want to move to a bigger city. But then, you know, we tried to create work, man. And we created a little oasis here, I think, in Brownsville. Yeah. Great, great community of Capuristas. You know, um, um, yesterday we were training and one of the moms came to me and she was like, you know, how long has my son been here? I was like, I don't remember. It's been a while. And, you know, some, when kids train with you from nine, ten years, you see them grow in front yeah. of you, you know? So kids that yeah. were, um, you know, three and four years old, they're now teenagers. Um, one of my students in St. Martin yesterday she started when she was three years old and she messaged me and she was like, as I told her I was going to be on this uh, live and she was like, okay, well, prior to you going on, just to make you feel even older, you're about to be an opa because I'm <laughs> having a baby. I'm like, couldn't, this is the girl who was the flower girl at my wedding. And now, you know, three years old and now she's a mom. It's crazy, man. It's really? crazy. Yeah. I start to notice that my uh, kids as well, you know, the kids group, but I teach also kids and we've ordered the summer break, you know, then you start to notice. So after summer break, we have like six weeks summer break. Man, the kids grow so yeah. grow so fast. They the, the first the first training after summer break, I vividly remember one of my uh, kids students. He was like, yeah, 12, 13, You know, in his early uh, early teen years. And after summer break, he stepped he stepped in. He walked in. I was like, damn, it was like this. Have to you? What did you eat, man? <laughs> but it's so it's so nice because they were so long. They started like when they were six, seven. Now they're like twelve, thirteen. I have one kid. He started with me when he was, I think, eight, and now and now he's trained with the adult group. He's yeah. fifteen now. You know, it's so surreal. You know, now he's yeah. like eye to eye. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's so surreal, but it's fun because. To us, five years is not that much. But for five years for oh, a kid, huge. It's huge. 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 Huge difference. Oh, you know, yeah. Difference. In the development and everything. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, big, a big amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And you have two kids. And two. they are caprices as well, right? As well, you know. And not by being forced. I always made this very clear. Um, they can stop tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not going to feel. That. my only requirement is whatever they, they don't stop doing everything you know so whatever they want to do my son for example is hardcore into soccer right now so that's yeah. just, i support as much as i can my daughter yeah. does dance she's also a musician she plays clarinet and accordion cool. so it's hard to balance that everything and i know that but i tell them whatever you put your mind to and whatever you decide to do don't stop at the first sign of of trouble or the first mm -hmm. signs of difficulty you know, and so if that's the reason you're stopping Capoeira because it's hard, that's not a good reason. No, no. But if it's, if it's taking away time from things that you really want to invest in, that's not a problem. And I tell it to most of my students, you know, and it's kind of a weird recruiting tactic, but I yeah, tell got to counter, like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to force your kid to be oh, here. No. I'm going to try to make the environment one that they're going to want to be here. Yeah. And, and, you know, just remind them on the days when it's hard that that's not a good reason to stop. You know, but if they do stop, whatever they focus on, whatever they, their next venture is, mm -hmm. do it 100%. And 
and we'll support them. I have kids who don't train with me anymore. I go to their football games. I go to their recitals oh, because, you know, we, we, we have friendships that are based yeah, not yeah. just on the platform. Yeah. And we have three classes. We have a, a feeder program of toddlers. Yeah. And you mentioned kids. The only reason that class existed is because my, my son wanted to train. and He was like three years old. So I was like, yeah, I'll make a three to five year program. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And they're not learning capoeira. No, it's just learning playfulness. Yes. But, but those kids, if you look at the data, those are the ones who, because of those little games that we play in the coordination yeah. drills, those are the ones when they start the regular class, they fly, yeah. you know, yeah. because they already have that basis. And so it's hard to kind of let the parents know because they see the end result. True. And then they want to have that right now. And I'm like, no. relax. Relax. Exactly. exactly. In fact, if you want to train so hard or you think you can do it, here's a uniform. I sell them, you know, come train with your kids. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, let me do the, my, my job and, yeah. you know, take care of the kids and let them develop on their own way. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So do you teach your own, own kids? I do. That's the hardest job. I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I want to ask you about it. So how's that, how's that relationship? You know, because, you know, they, you're, you're their dad, but in the class, um, what's the relationship between you and, and your kids? I, I would love to say I have it all figured out, but I don't, you know, like the reality is that sometimes um, because I know they're what they're fully capable of doing, you know, as yeah. a parent, I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, man you could put up you could do better and yeah. then i remember the advice i give to my own parents and i step aside yeah and, you know i don't want to interrupt them too much enjoy um I'm, i try to be as strict with them as i am with the other kids Same here. Same as lenient. yeah you know it's difficult sometimes yeah. you know um obviously for them to turn that switch on and off is much more difficult yeah. yes you know, my son will give me the look where he wants more attention and i'm like I want to, but I can't, mm -hmm. you know, because not because I don't think you deserve it, but right now it's not appropriate in this class, you know. Exactly. Um, it's but, but it's tough. It's, 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 and it's not all about your son. Right. You have other kids as well, you know. I have, right. I have the same because my kids love it when I uh, teach the class and we have a good relationship, but they know um, I'm not, because I'm your dad, I'm not going to do you any favors. You have to train as hard as the other kids as well for sure um because i'm your dad uh you're not gonna skip court court us you have to train you know and uh, sometimes my, my son is really like okay i get it and my daughter's a little bit younger and sometimes she's a little bit playful and thinks she does at home but where i allow it yeah. you know sometimes talk back you know yeah. in a class sometimes she, she does it too i yeah. was like here's difference you yeah. know here's different but that's okay. good that you find a balance because you know like um like i said they The other thing is that I know there's a lot of pressure on them because sometimes my, my kids do very well. You know, they, they play very well. And I, I would love to say, oh, it's because I'm a good teacher. But they're around Capoeira 24-7, you know. Yeah. So by osmosis, they're going to get some things. Whenever yeah. I travel, sometimes they travel with me. When the masters come here, they've seen them grow up. They call the masters Chio, you God, know, Chio, Chio Efra, Chio so-and-so, you know. So it's different. And... Um, But I don't want them to, I don't want other parents sometimes to think, oh, of course they're better because they're the son of the teacher. Exactly. I'm like, no, they put in the work as much as anybody yeah. else. Yes. And anything, they just put more time in, which is the same result that will happen if your kid puts more time. Yeah. You know, not because they have better genetics or, no, it's because like anything else, you put more time into something, you're going to get better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And sometimes, but I think it's more me. Sometimes, like you, like you said, sometimes like, come on, you can do better. I know you yeah, can do better. Of course. Because it's your kid. Because, of course. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's, it's like you said, it's about the balance and try to figure things out. As because yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's still new. They are, your, they are your kids, but they are also your students. So I mean, what's the, the relationship, you know? Yeah. How are you going to explain this? But I think my kids are pretty aware of it, you know, what the, our relationship uh, is during the class and at home, yeah. you know? They, you know, at home, it, we're more, they're more free to, you know, to, to talk back and, you know, do kids stuff, yeah. you know? But they know, yeah. class, they know I'm the teacher, you know? They know, you know, they know after the training, I teach the adult classes, you know? So they know my relationship in my role in, in the Capoeira uh, world. Yeah. And, and they, just, they, they start to get older as well. So they try, they understand it much better than two years ago. Sure. So, yes. And I think, like you said, it's all about bringing the balance and try to support them yeah. and not to be over um, protect them, but not over enthusiastic because yeah. I don't want to, to pressure them all yeah. the time. Because the end result of that pressure is going to be exactly what we don't want to have happen. It's because exactly. of the pressure, they lose interest and don't want to be interested. Yeah. Yes. So I try to be more natural. Uh, I, I sprinkle some, you know, some some stuff in. Uh, if I see that they want to to learn more, I will I will give it to them. Yeah, you know, for sure. But, and I always I was uh, uh, said to them, like you said, like you said, I I don't want want to because I'm your I'm your I'm your father that you have to do this because it's my thing. You have to right. do this because you. You like it, you you love it, you know. And yeah. I, many times I have this conversation with them, and every time they're like, "No, I'm still loving it. I'm still liking it." They're looking forward to the uh, batizado, yeah. Uh, looking forward, uh, you know, for every kind of training, you know. And okay, that's good. And yeah. but if they, like you said, if they want to quit tomorrow, I'm like, I'm, the part of me is like, oh, man. Yeah. But they're kids. They have to grow. They have to you know, uh, check other things as well, you know, in their lives, you know. So no, I think it's really important for the development. You know, and I think, like you said, you don't want to resent it. And my master always says, you know, if you try to usher control, yeah, kids, they're going to do the opposite, you know. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, I think the balance is just making sure that we have fun, we train, we don't treat them differently. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the rationale for stopping something should be a good one as a parent, not as a capoeira mm -hmm. teacher. So that's the one thing I do when I, when they talk about stopping or, or not continuing capoeira, my conversation with them at that point is not as a capoeira teacher anymore because I'm biased. I'm the capoeira yeah. teacher. Yeah. But as a parent, how would I approach that if they were telling me about volleyball or about soccer? You yeah. know, if they were going to volleyball and they really didn't see that they have any enjoyment anymore and they, they're really into chess at this moment, Okay, then we'll talk about it then. Yeah. So I apply the same um, uh, idea to that when I talk to Mon Capoeira. As as difficult as it is, I'm sure, like you said, it's it's yeah. like it's. But but then you know that conversation is almost as difficult with any kid who has potential. Yes. Right. Yes. I see kids who leave just 
when they're maturing, they're getting stronger. And I'm like, man, if you only knew what was behind this next step, I know you can't see it yet because you're over here and you've walked so far and I know you don't see the next breakthrough, right? Because you see this wall, but I'm over here. I can see how close you are. If you just follow, but to force that person over that wall never works. No, never. No. You know, so they have to, I try to guide them as much as I can, but when they make a decision, I don't take it personal, no. which is something I can, I can promise you. I've only learned recently, you know, when, when we had, when I was younger in my career, my, we all had our star students, the ones that we, they, they took four classes and we already started to fantasize, oh, he's going to take over my class. This is my next professor. You know, it happens. Yeah. And, but two things are a result of that. One, we set ourselves up for, for disappointment and for putting undue pressure on them when they just want to train and have fun. True, guys. And we also then divert attention from students who might not be as athletic or whatever, but mm -hmm. definitely have a lot of value for yeah. Capoeira as well. And potential. Absolutely. And potential, yeah. you know. And my master always says that the ones that get stuff easy are the first to go because they get bored. Yeah. But the ones who struggle, okay. they really – Hard yeah. for when they accomplish something, it's such a big feeling of of accomplishment that you know it's it's uh, adrenaline rushing. It's 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 addictive. They want to get to the next step. Yeah. And so we gave a girl um, uh, back home the nickname Sopresa cool. because she was the one that even to my even myself, I, I should include myself in this group. When she joined, everybody was like, "Ah, she's not gonna make it. There's no yeah. way." After first two classes, I was like, "Yeah, you know, but she's trying. You know, let's give yeah. her a chance." But in the back of my head, no way. Well, all the ones that said that quit. And she was the one that kept training, kept training, and got much better. So right. I was. I told her when I gave her Apelido, I was like, this is more a reflection of your transformation on me because yeah. I did not have as much faith in you. Yeah. And you were a beautiful surprise. And so, so came, and she loved it, you know. It wasn't yeah. that she felt bad. It was, like, like I said, a sense of accomplishment. She proved us wrong. Exactly. That was, that's, that's the... The the, the 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 great thing that people can prove you wrong in a good way yes absolutely a surprise oh, because sometimes i hope to be wrong yeah. you know yeah. and i was like oh damn you got me there nice yeah you know? it provides a great learning opportunity for us you know so that yeah. when, students, when students walk in the door now yes you can be impressed by natural ability but i'm not like uh drawn to it now with expectations i'm like no let the kid be a kid let the student be a student let's yeah. just have go through the regular training and whatever happens happens what, what i have right now because we are so long in capoeira you've we've seen all kind of stuff um i'm not that kind of impressed anymore with particular games or not, not no i'm not particularly impressed with florence movements yeah i'm more impressed by people who are striving and work hard to get to the point that they want to go to you know and and of course the games. If somebody does a beautiful backflip with a or parafus or whatsoever, nice, cool. But I'm more impressed if if one of my students or in Capoeira with other Caprisa that you know that the person is really working hard yeah. to get points, you know, to rank up for themselves, you know. For me that's really impressive because you are also training from the inner inside yeah. and out instead of just only the movements and i know that because i was that kind of person that only wants i only joined capoeira partly for the movements yes. exactly for the movements and 
um, I, I, I hate it. I hated singing. I, I remember you saying that when you were talking in the last. Yeah, yeah I hated singing, you know, but uh, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned my lesson. And then I was, okay, physical stuff, cool, cool. And But now I'm more like, maybe it, it's, it sounds a bit uh, spiritual, but I think I'm more like in a spiritual path in the right, right now, hence my name as well. But <laughs> to, like I said in the beginning, to gain more knowledge. And from knowledge, you, it, you are lock, unlocking stuff that you will put in the, in the games as well, you know, because I start to notice when I come off uh, like a, a Kakwira talk, I have so much energy. So, uh, you know, I've, and I will put that energy in a game or in music whatsoever, you know, and that's what I love about the interaction, you know, so that's why, I, that's how I learn right now, you know, <laughs> because we have to learn, we never stop learning Capoeira no. or in life general. No, absolutely. And I think that if you look at like traditional mar martial arts and you think about Japanese martial arts, they often put a high um, uh, value on enlightenment, right? You know, and, yeah. and get level, the, 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 the great, um, uh, samurais at the end of their life period, they're not the best swordsmen anymore, but they've, they've accumulated so much knowledge yes. that they're able to su super surpass their peers. My yeah. master is a great example right now. My master has been doing Capora forever. He's now been in America longer than he was in Brazil. Oh, wow. You know, and he came to the point now where like he no longer runs a Capora school on his own. Okay. I made fun of him that he moved to Florida to retire. But it wasn't so much that he retired as it was he was just in another phase of his life yeah with priority now was his own like you said self-enlightenment and yeah. so he goes he capora is always going to be a part of it and but he chooses to go when he feels that he wants to go you know there's no more pressure to prove himself to anybody else True. his work speaks for itself he's had a tremendously successful career mm -hmm. graduated lots of students you know, and he always says that we're the best example of his work. And right now, when he wants to, to do Capora the whole weekend or the whole week or the whole month or the whole year, it's his choice. Yeah. But the journey for him now is, like you said, to get to a deeper space here, you know, yeah. because at some point, the body can no longer do what it did before. True that. that should not stop your, your progress. No. You know, it just no. changed the method of your learning. Mm -hmm. That's really true because... Uh... I also want to talk about uh, a little bit of about uh, injuries. Uh, um, how do you deal with injuries? Well, there's that, that joke, right? Capoeiras are never healthy. We're always in between yeah. injuries. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's two parts to that. Um, so I have certain uh, situations, conditions, uh, predispositions. So you want to say it um, yeah. that make certain movements difficult for me. Yeah. Um, but I try to work around it. And I think having an injury or, because we always preach to my students, a student breaks their leg or breaks yeah. an arm or whatever. Oh, I can't come to Capoeira. Of course you can. Because unlike many other martial arts, you can still sing. Yeah. You can still learn your instrument. Yeah. You can still become better at so many different things. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm in a position where I'm not able to move as much as I want to, I find another realm within the Capoeira world that I can improve upon. There's, like you said, there's always room for growth. Yeah. I'm a musician, so that part does come 
easier for me. But there's so many talkies, there's so many messages out there who are not musicians, but this is their life. They have yeah. so much to offer. So exactly. I go and I dive into the world of the pandero, the berimbau, yeah. or going yeah. to the stuff that led up to the atabaki's rhythms in capoeira and what happened before. Yeah. Like you said, reading more, finding uh, different people's perspectives, you know? Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm injured personally, I try to find another niche in capoeira to, to improve yeah. and use it as a, to remind myself that as an example for my other students, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, Mestre Cabello once said like new capoeira movements, all the new fancy stuff you can only do in your body is new. And, mm -hmm. but the old and tried and true capoeira movements you can do in your body is new and when it's old. Mm -hmm. So when I sometimes limit my training to less of the acrobacia and more in the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. um, and when that's too much, like I said, I go into another aspect of capoeira, but I don't believe that being injured should force you to stop doing anything at all, no. you know? So um, that's the way I attempt it. I've been very fortunate um, to not have any major, major injuries in capoeira. I injured myself more in other stuff, to be honest. Okay. Um, but I do have shoulder issues, um, uh, very, very tight hamstrings, but that's lack of stretching. <laughs> yeah. And I a little bit of scoliosis so that affects okay. my back. Yeah. You know, and our body is amazing. I, I know what's wrong with my body, so I know how to fix it. So that no one will believe that I have this problem. Yeah. Um, but I'm aware of it so that my, my, it helps that my wife is a physical therapist. Oh, oh that helps. Nice. <laughs> nice. Even though she complains that, you know, that's her job when she comes home. She doesn't want to have to no, deal with <laughs> other people. So... You yeah. would think it would be the best solution ever. It's still, I still require some, please, please, yeah. please. Uh, can you fix it <laughs> over here? But <laughs> that's probably every relationship, you know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but you're right. Because if you're injured or if, you're, you, you, if you have a condition, you have, to, you, you have to kind of work around it because we are adapting. Capri adapts, but your body can adapt too. I have a condition uh, in my hips. I have arthritis in my hips. They're quite bad. Um, it's, I got diagnosed like seven years ago and there were already, the doc was already talking about a replacement hip, wow. you know? Yeah. But, but the goal was to postpone it. Of course. Do my age, of course. And uh, seven years later, um, fortunately I'm still have my own hips, but I know that yeah. I'm kind of limited. Yeah. Uh, certain move i cannot do certain moves anymore so like for example i cannot do i cannot do too much salt mortals anymore sometimes i do it it's like fast food you know it's bad but it's it's tasteful yeah. same with that sometimes i do a more salt mortal just to be okay can i do still do it okay i can still do it but not all the time you know <laughs> uh or martellus you know it, it's it's hurting so i avoid that but I have to change my way um, of playing and training. Uh, I change my diet a little bit, and I, I, I still don't accept it what I have, but I have to deal with it. Yes, you know that's what I'm doing now, and also, uh, yeah, well, maybe physically I cannot do the all all the movement that I did like five, ten years ago, but I think the the, the newer me is more capable of doing stuff than the older me back in the days, you know? And the newer you, you know, this newer version of you also has lots of value still. I, I for example, <clears throat> I know for a fact, I love the Florios. 
but I can yeah. always find someone at every event who's better than me at this. I can always find someone who's better singer, better this, whatever. Yeah. So then I, I used to question myself, you know, well, what do, why would people invite me to, a, to, to teach workshops? And I've been, again, very blessed yeah. to be able to travel a lot and, and teach lots of capoeira all over the world. And whenever I do it, I have to pinch myself that this is real because what do I yeah. offer? And my master always says, you know, it's not just about how high you can jump, how fast you can kick, right? There's a part of you, you that people are bringing, exactly, that are, they're bringing with you. There's something about your essence, your being. Yeah, yeah. Like to be around people. And then on top of that, you also have this gaming cup where people appreciate. And so I promise you, uh, I, I read your post, you know, and I remember I was going to talk to you about this. You know, I, I thought it was very humble on your part to mention that, you know, you didn't want to go as many events because of what you thought in your head, a picture of a spirit was that they're trying to bring. My brother, they all, everyone knows that as we get older, for whatever reasons, even if you did, if you had perfect hips, they're not just bringing you there, my brother, for you to go and fly and impress anybody. Those days mm -hmm. of impressing, gone. Yeah. You've made that name for yourself and people want you to be there because they want you to be there. You know, so take that as, as, a, as a, a reflection of the community's value that they put on you and go with it, man. You know, you. We, we always have our own image of, man, I'm a perfectionist too. Yeah. The, yeah. Man, I know you didn't start this podcast because of a hundred reasons. Oh, I don't know how to do this. I, I don't know what format. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, like I said, I'm a musician. I have boxes of songs that I never put out in the public because they're not ready yet. True. Man, you know, perfection <laughs> is a is a, is a, a crazy man's quest, you yeah. know? The idea is just to do something. And so by you doing this, I guarantee you no one's going to question when they bring Espiritu to their event why he did less backflips this year or less crazy hand spins or mm -hmm. amada dupla, whatever. You know, like the same reason you're reaching out to these people who you never met to get their stories, the people that are fortunate enough to your, know your story and have experienced your energy that's what they're bringing you for, you know? And so do this, continue this, but don't shy away from the community because of your own personal hangups about what, you know, a professor or contra master or master has to be. Yeah. When they, no, you know, you are the way you are and that's why they're bringing you to these events. So that's, that's one piece of advice I can give Thank you. you. Thank you. I hope you take that. Yeah, I will take it, man. <laughs> I will take it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Anytime. But yeah, sometimes you, you got tangled up in your own mind, own course of thinking and sometimes it's also conf confronting if you see your old footage like sometimes facebook um have their memories stuff you know oh this happened seven years ago and i watched my shit or, or youtube as well i was like damn i was flexible damn jump high damn you know? it's like sometimes i was like oh it's cool as so i show my kids sometimes it's also confronting it's like shit man damn but hey it is what it is, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. And we'll make fun of you no matter what. Like, if you try and jump tomorrow at the last event, every year I do the same thing. I said, man, let me pull out one of the one flip and see how I feel the next day. And so I told my friend, Professor Sombra, I said, hey, I, I, I did a mortal. He's like, yeah, man, I think you got over 30 centimeters. <laughs> I was like, man, I didn't say it was very high. I just had to die, okay? Can I, I landed on my feet, man. Damn. <laughs> yes, I know. You know what I mean? But that's the thing, you know, like those little back and forth the, the game of capoeira itself is going to be you know you give a person a hug you give you a cabezada you know it's going to happen yeah. but you know, that at the same time he's saying that to me 
we're all still pushing each other and, and, you know, and trying to get better and, but also recognizing we're in different phases of our lives, you know, yeah. and as long as I feel good enough to do certain movements, I will attempt and do them. But the day I feel that, and there's some movements already that I don't do as much as often, um, just because, you know, I know the risks I, and yeah. I know my own body. Yeah. I also know the, the, the reality of, have I been training hard enough at True. those movements? You know, True. that's, that's the hardest thing for me to be honest with you is finding that balance of being a teacher and then a, a student again, you know, and to train. Yeah, yeah. Because training... That's what we're talking about, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, training your class I'll is great, but, but the ability to, to, to go to someone else's school and train like a student again, you know, that's yeah. so great. And I, I miss that. If I miss anything with Capoeira, and I know I always tell myself, okay, you know, today with the adult class, I'm going to train with them as hard as I can. Yeah. But then if someone does something different, I have to stop my train to go work with them and give them uh, yeah. et cetera. So it's very difficult. Um, so that leads into the, the self-doubt. Yeah. I don't know if I can do the mariposa as, as high as I can before. And mm -hmm. I also have kids, man, if I, if I get injured and I can't work now, if I can't play music, I can't do this, True. that's not making any money. I got kids exactly. to feed, you know? So exactly. all of yeah. those things come into the conversation, which brings us back to what's the real priority that someone brings you there. Yeah. For your energy, for your experience, you know. Oh, look at the, the big names in the Mestres. Mestre Accordion. Mm -hmm. Is he going to do any kind of salto at any event anytime soon? No. But people will pay good money to have him there just for him to talk. You yeah. Know? Because it's a lifetime exactly. of capoeira achievement and capoeira. And of course, I'm not going to compare ourselves to him. But that's the goal, to, to accumulate all this wealth of knowledge yeah. and pass it on, you know, because... We can't take it with us, so it's no, best that it's all exactly. that stuff we get, we can pass up to the next generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you um, do? You also do some historical classes in your classes. Do we talk? Do we talk about capoeira? We do, and I and there, I tell my students all the time. I would feel really embarrassed, and I think they should too, if someone says, um, <clears throat> "Hey, I do capoeira." Oh, cool. What's that? It's a martial art from Brazil. Oh, cool. Yeah. How to get there? If your conversation cannot continue and you can know more with history, you're not really a practitioner of the art, you know? And um, I really think that it's, it's super important, maybe not in the beginning, but I think the more you know about the art form and the more you know about the history, um, you have a better appreciation for it. Um, every time I lean down at the Berimbau, no pedo Berimbau, to go into the Hoda, I tell my students for one second, just before you go inside that first au, mm -hmm. I want you to think about the people who did not play this for recreation. The mm -hmm. ones, the slaves, you know, or mm -hmm. the just recently freed slaves who were doing this as a way to escape the reality of life. Yeah. You know, for just one second and to play it to save their lives. And we do it now as a, as a pastime, as a hobby. Yeah. That's crazy to me. And it wasn't like thousands of years mm -hmm. ago, a few hundred years ago. You know, so it's not that long of a time away that slavery was around and the first Capoeira school opened up 1930-something. That's not that long ago. No. You know, no. it's right around the corner. So, you know, when if you go there, every time you humble yourself and think about the people that literally paved the way with blood and died for this cause, mm -hmm. and if we are not, you know, good stewards of this martial art, it's all in vain. It's going to yeah, die exactly. as a... Uh, uh, as, a, as a pastime, as a hobby, when it's much more than that. And I think that um, people like us, uh, teachers of Capoeira, I think I know you do a good job 
Uh, and also, like, I heard again. I've been listening to all your podcasts. Oh, cool! It, man. It's beautiful when someone asks me a question and I have no idea what the answer is. I'm like, man, I don't know. It's a great question. Let me. I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah. I don't make something up in a spot and say, oh no, that's. I don't like that. No, I don't like, like the kind of. Man. I'll get. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really honest uh, towards my students. I love to talk about capoeira, and I always tell them ask as many questions if you have any questions, but. I will be honest. If I don't know the answer, I don't know the answer. I don't know everything. I have to. I've, I have to do some research as well. But I'm not gonna come with a bullshit answer and talk right. around. It's, oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That man came from space with a, with a space shuttle. No, 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 man. <laughs> it's not like that. You're, you know? te you're telling me that's not true. <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> so I'm really honest because I, like you said, history. Talking about capoeira is also capoeira training. Absolutely. Uh, sometimes I do in the class papoeira. Just talk about capoeira. Yeah. Um, also, sometimes when I have a bad day with my hips, I do less more physical stuff, and we talk about capoeira, about music, uh, history about makulele, or whatsoever. And uh, people can ask questions, and I'm being really honest. Oh, we, we have a really good question. I don't know the answer. Uh, so after search of maybe you can do some research as well it's like back and forth you know and i think it's really important that you stay true and honest towards yourself also towards your students yeah. you know yeah. i also tell my students um i haven't done this in a while and i'm happy we're talking about it because i should probably do it this summer um we used to have this thing where um, we would have our older students make presentations. You know, we would go for different topics, mm -hmm. whether it's Makulele or Kaporangola or the origin of the Bingbao, whatever it was, and let them become the expert on one specific topic mm -hmm. and then talk to the rest of the class about oh, it. Nice. You know, it's because that's a transferable skill as well. You know, I tell our parents all the time, the stuff they learn in Capoeira, a very small percentage of them will use this for Capoeira for the rest of their life. Yeah. But I promise you the skills that they develop and what they learn, these are transferable skills, the leadership, yeah. you know, the all of this stuff. And so this is just another way, not just to highlight to our students, you know, but to highlight to the parents, you know, the, the, the mm -hmm. benefits of being in something like Capoeira. So we, right. we do have those things. We, we have uh, music uh, workshops. We do Berimbao making workshops, Pandero making workshops. Yeah. Um, lots of different things that are quote unquote they don't view as capoeira, and I've mm -hmm. had students that have, you know, the younger ones they raise their hand. Yeah. When are we going to capoeira today? Even after we've been talking for half an yeah. hour, forty minutes, yeah, yeah. and I like we, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Party. yeah. You know, and of course you're going to have kids that are bored and kids that are yawning, but it's our goal as teachers, you know, to to kind of make it fun and find new yeah. ways uh, to make it accessible for them the the the, the best way that the, the best way i can realize that it's working is when we've done all our talking and the kids go oh my god class is already over i can't believe how fast it went because that means they were engaged that means they were interested but if every two minutes they're looking at the clock and seeing how long it's gonna take then you know that's i always say i'm not blaming them no i gotta work on my skills as a teacher yeah, to yeah. age them more you know true that's a really nice uh, idea, kind of a kind of a show and tell, but yeah, in, in capoeira class, you know, yeah, pretty nice. Maybe we'll uh, do that as well. And they'll surprise you, man. Again, yeah. some of the information that they found, and you know, and it's a good way for them to start um, discerning. Not everything that's out there is true or or real or yeah. makes sense, you know. So to to kind of like uh, filter out 
the crap that's on the internet yeah. is another you know skill set that they have to develop for other yeah. parts of life you know so yeah nice. it's, it's a it's a good method of doing that cool man cool um last question last topic sure. um how do you how do you handle uh, nicknames apelidos and what do you think about apelidos so it used to be um you know um <clears throat> again i've listened to your other podcasts and you know it used to be that you know at the bachizado for example everyone get a nickname for sure yeah but i felt there was so much pressure with yeah. that as well and i know i'm repeating what other guests have said but in our school um i tell them all the time i give my masters an example his name is efraim silver his capote name is mestri efraim silver you know yeah. some nicknames i i call them they they stick they're very sticky nicknames they get on yeah. them I've had students who come to me or their parents or or grandmother or uncle be like hey you know my student Charles uh does capoeira uh, Charles I don't have a Charles in my class and I'm like no no, no he's been doing it for five years Charles not in my school not in my school they, they go home they're crazy and then the day comes by and Charles go walks in and hey my grandmother saw you he said yeah but he said Charles Giganti you know his name is Giganti whatever you know so it's funny and you can kind of tell your circle right i have friends that call me by my real name yeah friends that call me by my nickname my mom gave me and then when i hear graveto i know for sure there's only one world that that exists yeah. you know in the yeah. world um but i think that sometimes you have to be careful i'll give you an example i had my wife's nickname is batachinha little mm-hmm. potato right so yeah. and we, we had a little kid in the class um that was super nice was very um he he was he bonded with her and he was a little bit pudgy let's put it that way yeah. but not in a way and again these names we have to be careful even though they come from a term of endearment like it's yeah. nice they yeah. can be associations with them that rub them the wrong way so we called him batato mm-hmm. right batachia mm-hmm. batato big little potato big potato and so of course the mom came and complained that we were making fun of him for being fat we were making fun of him being heavy set and she actually took him out of the school Okay. You know, um I'm sure there were other reasons she took him out, but yeah. that was a very convenient answer. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, I was like, you know, it's not just the nickname that should mean something, it should be the way we give the nicknames. And so, um I have students begging me every day for a nickname. I'm like, man, you know, I can't, you know, I I I don't want to give you something that just sticks with you for a while. And also I tell my little kids that the nicknames you guys get as a kid can change yeah. for sure. Or Mr. Yeah. India's uh, son when he was younger uh, she's in Florida his nickname was Mowgli from the, the little kid from the jungle book yeah he was a super little skinny kid doing all this crazy stuff and then i saw him like you know 10 years later from 6 to 16 tubarão mm-hmm. oh wow his nickname and i wow, that's a big but again fitting the guy is a ginormous beast man you know yeah. like dark in water and so you know it would make no sense for that kid to be called Mowgli the time. Yes, yeah. So I tell students all the time the name is a reference that we use yeah. and something they stick and stay there for a long time. Um and if you're very much aware that there was no bad intentions um behind the name and you get the parents involved if it's a younger student mm-hmm. and you make them understand that culturally sometimes there might be some uh hiccups, some bumps in the road, you know, if we, a conversation can lead to a lot of clearing up. But if you just call someone this nickname and you know they go home and tell their parents, "Hey, guess what? My name is Makaku." Well, why are you calling me a monkey? You know that's a, yeah, a derogatory yeah. term in this part of the country. 
And yeah, well, of course, I'm not referring to him as a monkey, but it's just that he was always climbing trees, for example. He was yeah. always jumping, you know? So you have to be careful. But I think, like I said, with most things, conversa conversations and making it clear what the cultural part is and what the intention is and the rationale behind the name can go a long way. So, you know, I say nicknames, I give nicknames, and sometimes they stick. And other times I end up calling the person by their real name. Yeah. Or like I said, sometimes I forget the person's real name completely and only refer to them by their capoeira nickname, even when they've stopped capoeira. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've that, I've that too. I think it's also, uh, I, I love giving names, but I love giving names that matters. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a kind of guy that, you know, maybe you've heard me saying this before. When I give a name, I like to spend more time with the name, yeah. you know. Uh, what's the name about? Sometimes it, it, it can be like two months, three months, yeah. maybe a year. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes I forget as well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but I I'm not gonna pick out a name or a word that sounds cool or just because. Just yeah. because. Yeah. Oh, you want a nickname now? Okay, here it is. No, I want to spend time with you. I yeah. want to show you. Who are you? Who you are? You know, and yeah, because think about the student as well. They have to explain that nickname later on in their career as well. Yeah. And yeah. if there's no rhyme or reason, just because it sounded cool, they're gonna have that as a story. Why is your name, you know, so and so? Yeah, samurai, because it's samurai was cool. It's a cool character. Yeah, but what's the connection to you? None. Exactly. You know, so know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why. I, yeah, I, again, I love giving names, but. Uh, I'm also be really aware, and I have some students of mine that also teaches kids, you know, and I always tell them, and they always come to me for advice for nicknames, and I always tell them, tell them, okay, be aware of the nicknames, and like you said, nicknames can change over time, especially with kids. Yeah, they can grow out of it, or they or they can stick, um, but be aware what you're giving, even and, and you know, start with the kids now. And even for uh, adults, adults later on, um, be aware what kind of names you're gonna give them. Uh, do some research. Do some research about the language of, of uh, capoeira as well, you know, because there's a lot of names that have double meaning, triple oh, yeah. meanings. Yes. I learned my lessons as meanings that, like, oh shit, I never thought about that, you know? Yeah. I have to be careful. Yeah. It sounds. Sounds cool. I, I gave a name. It was many years ago, Avatorosa, and uh, and I took him uh, to an event. And oh, this is my student Avatorosa. And some Brazilian was like giggling, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Rosa. And they were, what's up, man? Yeah, Avatorosa can me, you know. She loves to, you know, <laughs> be adventurous. Yeah, okay. be adventurous. <laughs> you know. So I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, this kind of those kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Because just, as a non-Brazilian, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Because as a non-Brazilian, you're not steeped in that knowledge in that culture. Yeah. Yes. We have to figure it out, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I learned my stuff. I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. learning. And also remember the whole idea of, of the nicknames was for anonymity, you know, so that you know when when, when Capoeira was illegal and you know you get caught if you gave your real name, it was really easy to identify you and identify your family. So by having these apelitos, you're able to have some sense of anonymity, like a, and it's not unheard of, you know, there's in French, it's in nom de guerre, 
your war name. You know, it's not only associated with Capoeira that people take on mm -hmm. uh, names that are associated with the, their fighting persona. Even in boxing today or MMA, they have yeah. names all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. That associates them with their fighting name, you know? Um, so I, I get all of that. But like I said, like, we have to be cognizant of the cultural differences, mm -hmm. the historical references that it may cause, the double entendres, like you said, the triple meanings, you know? So there's a lot of pressure sometimes yeah. where a conversation with someone who is better equipped Mestre is more yeah. uh, in tune with the brazilian culture and will let me know oh definitely don't do this mm -hmm. but on the flip side they might say oh yeah we use that nickname all the time in brazil oh, yeah Can't yeah and it was as well so, yeah you we do that all the time in brazil but uh, yeah you, you can't give this shit. Also, god damn it you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> <laughs> but that, that, this, yeah, this is the kind of things that you just have to learn by experience, you know, and uh, and I think if you're not, like I said, if you're not into that culture, you will never really understand because we didn't, we have our own, own culture, own uh, things, but to be, to have that, that connection with the Brazilian culture and also with street language, it's kind of different for us. Yeah for non-Brazilian, but along the way, we learn from other Brazilians, you know, that's kind enough to teach us those kind of things, our masses or yeah. our other friends, the Brazilians, that I learn from, you know, and also reading some about some stuff. Okay, I have to be careful about this. I have to be careful about that. You know, this has the triple meaning. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just run names with my mask. Can I give this name or blah, blah, Yeah, I can do this, but if he if he's go to Brazil, yeah, you know, it can be make fun yeah. of him, you know, because I also was, was later on recently, I had a student once many years ago, uh, I named him Palhaço because he was also the, the clown on, on you know yeah. in the club, a kid back then. Then he came later years later came back to, to train again, his name still Palhaço, but uh, recently maybe some maybe a year ago I. I I learned that palhaço can also mean, you know, something really negative in, in Brazil, you know. And I was like, oh shit. I never I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. Because sometimes palhaço can be some somebody who's like kind of a dick, you know. So and of course it was not my intention, not at all, because I didn't even knew. For me it was just he was just clowning around. Oh palhaço. Or bolso, or palhaço, but sometimes, yeah, palhaço can be like somebody's kind. Of, I don't like that person. He's a kind of dick, yeah. you know. So oh shit, no yeah. that. But those kind of those kind of stuff, you know. But I intrigue because you still, I'm still learning about that fact that names have so many meanings and roots, and that's why I don't like that people just throwing names yeah. because it's cool yeah no, no, it's not i i think it should come organically and like i said they have a lot of thought behind it because i think the pressure of, of putting the name like the old tradition used to be in some schools where like during the batizado a master who just met you maybe had no conversation with you mm -hmm. just involved in one game where you got your butt kicked and got a belt then decide yeah. this is going to be the name identifies you for the rest of your capoeira journey exactly that's a little bit too much yeah you know but again well. i don't i don't question if it works for them, it works for them. That's another thing that my master always says, you know, like this whole idea, traditions start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, 
you have to, I always pay heed to them in terms, I think it's important to recognize certain things, but you know, nothing is perfect, you know? And so I think that sometimes, you know, it's in, in the modern times, it is okay to transition to other traditions or to circumvent them completely if, if needed, you know? Um, while still being aware that it historically has value and has a place, you know? So we can talk about apelidos and everything, but don't put the focus on it as much to make this like this, oh, if I don't have an apelido, I'm not a capturista or, mm. you know, of, of forcing someone to have a name. Um, you know, I don't think I'd be any different of a capturista if I had a different capura nickname, exactly. you know, or if I wasn't referred to as this capura nickname. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I don't know how it is for you, but over here, and I always thought it was very weird. My master always says he's a master of capoeira and that's it. So don't call him master outside of capoeira. So when the kids see me, you know, like they, I don't, they call me coach, you yeah. know, coach. The parents call me coach Thai. No one ever calls me graveto. It's like a mouthful. Okay. There, you, yeah, know? Yeah. you know, but in the capoeira world itself, other capoeiristas, other masters will call me graveto. But yeah. the parents, the kids, most of the time, Call me Coach Ty. As they get a little bit older, they'll say Graveto. You know, I'm not hung up on the title. I no. am who I am. That's it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see where we put our priorities sometimes. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Nice, man. <laughs> well, brother, thanks you, man. Thanks. Thank you, man. This is an awesome uh, experience. And being here, I'm glad to be part of this. And I'm looking forward to following um, all the other ones that you have coming up. Yeah, man. Uh, and again, let don't let this be the only time we see each other in the next no 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 <laughs> no no because it's not like a one one thing uh one one thing deal i want to have you know another conversation maybe later on yeah. you know uh, another stories to tell um it's not like okay i've we just did it once and then okay bye no i have to do this uh again sometime and uh we have a lot of things to share a lot of things to, to tell but, and, but besides that like you know after the the, the, the travel has been lifted now for a pandemic for a while yeah. now so we're trying to travel some more i'm heading to canada again pretty soon um i'm hoping to be in europe sometime soon so if i do i'll definitely try to swing by i know yeah, i'm gonna be in belgium i don't know if you knew right. and then but also so let's see if we can get you at some point over here in texas man that would be cool man i'm down for that Awesome. Brother, thank, thank you. you so much. Brother Have a great day. Thank you for the opportunity. Ashe. You're welcome, man. Ashe. Abraço. Abraço.